who want to see everyone everywhere know that they are loved by God and his family. Uh, and that includes all of us, everybody that's connected to the church family that is the vineyard here in Chelmsford. We want to know that we are loved because knowing that our identity is in God is a complete game changer, that we are wholly and completely loved no matter what. Um, apologies now for those of you that aren't on the same wavelength of me as me, but um, any Strictly or Bake Off fans in the room? Oh, hardly any. Oh, dear, this might crash and burn. I'm really, really sorry. Do you all know what Strictly and Bake Off are? Okay. Um, or, the, or the sewing bee, or I heard the other week that there's one on pottery as well. Oh, oh more of you. Okay, I've not even seen that one. But Okay, so just, just bear with me. Okay. Um, but for those, those um, celebrities and those um, amazing bakers that are spending some time doing the bake-off or uh, Strictly or the sewing bee or the pottery thing, whatever that's called. Um, there is an intense period of time, isn't it, where all these contestants come together and they're going through this journey. You know, you watch any interview and they talk about the journey. I've totally stolen it from us. Um, uh, they're experiencing similar things. They kind of become this pseudo-family because they're sharing highs and lows and drama and sequin disasters, I'm guessing. Um, and, they, and then when, when one of them leaves, like there's tears that are shed. Um, they, and even like their close family and friends get involved as well. Um, I've always feel a bit jealous. I am a, a big Strictly and Bake Off fan, if you hadn't guessed. Um, and I'm always a little bit jealous of the families and the close friends of the celebrities taking part because they get front row seats, like, for free. And, like, get treated like VIPs. Like, why can't we? Anyway, that's a whole nother talk. Um, so they're on this journey towards becoming this dancing or baking or pottery or sewing champion to hold that glitter ball or that plate or whatever. Um, and they've, they've experienced stuff. Now... This is where, bear with me. Okay, so let's jump over here. You know, I think if we're functioning well as the family of God, okay, we, I think we should all be experiencing similar things. We're on a journey together. We're going from here to here. And this journey is from where we are now to becoming more like Jesus. And it might not be a straight line as we would like it to be. There will be highs and lows. There will be detours. There will be mountains to climb. There will be uh, rivers to swim across. Forgive my analogy if you don't like swimming. Um, but we're all on this journey. And, and as we become more like Jesus, we have those similar experiences. Not only the map looks slightly different, perhaps, and the map will look slightly different for all of us. Some of us will have detours over here. Some of us will have detours over here. We all have different mountains to climb. But we all get to experience the presence of God. We all, if we're journeying towards Jesus, hopefully we're all worshipping and praying and reading our Bibles, and having a rhythm of life where we make Jesus the priority and the center. You know, when we live at our faith, there are similarities that we have with people who are also living out their faith in Jesus. You know, being here on a Sunday, for those of you that were here last week, we were in the lecture theater. Oh, quick note, we're going to be in the lecture theater again next week. <laughs> because there's an open day here. Um, 
But for those of us that were here last week, those of us in the room, you know, we experienced the Holy Spirit. There was a Holy Spirit moment, a stirring in us. Lots of us cried. And, and there was something about being in the room together, being family, where we encountered the presence of God. So living out our faith, loving God and loving people. You know, perhaps it isn't quite as intense as like a Strictly journey or a Bake Off journey, and there's no TV cameras. Few. Um, but it's a similar sort of journey. You know, we have something in common, something that if we have said yes to Jesus, if we have surrendered our life to him, we have something in common. We have something that binds us together, a shared identity as children of God. Now think about your, um, your blood family, um, not your Strictly or Bake Off family. You know, we all share, don't we, highs and lows as we spend time with our families. Um, they, might live, they might not live close by, but we still, if we're in good relationship with them, have, have contact and we know that there's highs and lows, dramas, excitements and celebrations. Let me ask you, in this room, and people that you know that are connected to, to church here but aren't here yet, this, aren't here this morning, how vulnerable will we be with the people in this room? How honest are we prepared to be about what's going on for us? Some of you are new, some of you are visiting this morning, and we are so excited that you're here. If you are choosing to plug in to Chelmsford Vineyard, then our ch my challenge to you this morning is to invest in relationships. I promise it won't take long for you to feel part of the furniture. Or should I say part of the family? For those of you that have been around a while, how connected do you feel? Do you feel seen and known? We love gathering on a Sunday. I, I love this. You know, we, we were at a friend's wedding yesterday, which was a, such a great day, but it did mean that we were slightly late to bed. And when the alarm went off at 7 o'clock this morning, I was like, no. And it's very unusual in our house when the alarm goes off before any child has woken up. That's how tired we all were. But I love gathering like this. I love worshipping. I love seeing you guys. Like, this... This is what I made for. I don't know where I was going with that. Let me just look at my notes. <laughs> oh, but one of the things I love just as much is gathering in smaller groups where we can really do life together, where we can really be honest and vulnerable about what's going on for us. You know, we're, Graham and I are meeting with some leaders in this room, some leaders at the moment, and because we want to invest in leadership training to become better leaders. And we had such a precious moment a few weeks ago with a group of leaders who I've known for a long time. And the Holy Spirit just fell. We were talking about calling. And, and we all learned something new about each other, which I was like, oh, my goodness, I've known you guys for ages. How did I not know that? But it was a God moment. It was a holy moment where we had decided we were going to press in to getting to know each other better, to going deeper, because we want to be more like Jesus. It was so precious. You know, I think that as a church family, we can do that in all different pockets. You know, in this space, but also in smaller contexts where we meet with each other. 
we can learn to love each other and be the family of God that he was always intended. You know, we don't have to look far for an example in the Bible. If you've ever read the book of Acts, um, it's the story of, of the first church, of when Jesus has, has died and rose again and gone to heaven and the church is forming. It's not called the church back then, but it's this gathering of God's people where they come together. And in Acts 2, 42 to 47, it says this about the fellowship of believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods. They gave to anyone anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, uh, they, it's like us devoting ourselves to the teaching of Scripture, to prioritizing what Scriptures say. They devoted themselves to fellowship. Now, I hear the word fellowship and kind of my skin crawls because it's a bit kind of Christianese, a bit like, what does that word really mean? So I googled it. Um, and according to Dictionary Online, it says this, a fr- fellowship means a friendly association with someone who shares the same interests as you. So if you're part of a running club, you have fellowship with that running club because I don't know who would be part of a running club, but I'm guessing some of you probably are. Um, they, you have fellowship with those people who run because you have a similar interest. But for us, our similar interest is Jesus. We are journeying towards him so we can have fellowship together. If we have surrendered to him, If you have surrendered to Jesus, so have I, which means we can have fellowship together because we have a similar interest. They broke bread. They, you know, they would have shared the Lord's Supper. This, what we did this morning was symbolic. They wouldn't have done it like this. They would have been uh, having a meal around a table. They'd have been reclining. They'd have feasted and they'd have shared a cup and some unleavened bread to remember what Jesus did. But when they broke bread, it also says they, um, they ate together. They, they communed together. I don't know about you, but eating together with people is a real step towards friendship and intimacy, isn't it? These guys uh, in the early church, they devoted themselves to prayer. One of the things that I felt God spoke to me really clearly about while we were on sabbatical was about prayer. About how I pray, about what I pray about um, about getting all of us to pray more. And um, for those of you that would like to, you can join us, little segue into a commercial. Uh, 6.30 on a Tuesday morning on Zoom. You don't have to get out of bed if you don't want to. Um, you can Zoom in and we're praying together. Even if it's just one or two of us, we're praying together for us, for our church, for our city, for our families. The guys in the, in the early church, they prayed together and they were filled with awe and saw signs and wonders of the Holy Spirit breaking in. Yes, please, God, more of that. I want to see what you did back then, again now, in our day and in our time. 
As I say, they shared meals together. They shared all, their, all they had. They met each other's needs. And they hung out daily. Imagine if we did this every day. That might fill most of you with utter dread. <laughs> Russ is like, no. Like, please. I don't know about you, some of you might go into work and see people in an office or um, you might see people regularly like as you go to the, on the school run or to, to study, where, whatever it is. But, you know, probably the people that you live in a house with are the people that you see daily. Um, but what if us as a community, as a family of God, saw each other more than just once every couple of weeks or once a month or um, once every six months? You get to know people by seeing them, don't you? By investing in that time together. Relationships would be a whole other level. And, and when, when we read about the early church, you know, what the, the kind of their existence was attractive to anybody that wasn't part of what they were part of. You know, it says the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Their, their love for Jesus or God's love for them overflowed from their love to each other and that was that was so attractive I know that some of you in this room have met Jesus through the life of this church and that is why we planted this church but we aren't seeing people saved daily and that is the dream that is the dream that we would love one another and we would do life with one another and be real with one another that that is attractive to the world outside that maybe doesn't feel or know that they are loved. You know, when I say, I could just focus on the, we love one another, this is great. Like, disclaimer, we will annoy each other. We will wind each other up. We will kind of rub shoulders with each other. That is normal and that is expected. But we want to be the family of God where we don't brush things under the carpet, we don't ignore people, we don't ghost them because they might think something different to us or vote differently or have a different opinion on, some, on something or other. We know that we can disagree but still love each other. And we want to be a people that can do that and do that well. You know, when we're offended or we're upset, I will probably offend or upset most of you, possibly fairly regularly, I don't know, but um, I'm just putting it out there. You know, if I've offended or upset you, then I'd love you to deal with your stuff with Jesus, have a conversation with Jesus about it, and then come to me. Don't be angry or bitter. Let's all, let's all press into conversations with Jesus to deal with our stuff. When our heart is hurting, when we're annoyed, when someone's really wound us up, let's have our conversation with Jesus, deal with our stuff, but then actually go and speak to that person with love and grace so that we can be the family of God that is functioning as he would want us to function. Okay, so as a community of people, you've, Graham's already said it this morning and you hear us say it every week. We want to be a group of people that are authentic and real and do life with one another. And one of the ways in which we do that in this church is we have small groups and they are called small groups because they are small groups and that's on purpose so that we can do life with one another so I thought rather than me talk uh, anymore I'm going to get a couple of other people up to tell you about their small groups so obviously you've heard from Mike and Khadija they've had a little bit of a, 
a promo on theirs. Um, but first of all, please, could you put your hands together for Essie and Catherine? Go wild. <laughs> now, I haven't primed them. I haven't told them what they've got to say. I've just told them the questions I'm going to ask them. So come and stand here, ladies. Come and stand here in the middle so you can be seen. You can close your eyes if you want to so that you just... Um, Catherine, tell, tell us how you found Small Group and what you love about it. Um, I found Small Group. I came, moved to Essex about a year and a half ago and it was sort of during COVID and you couldn't really meet in person. Um, and I found Vineyard online and then got to know people sort of uh, meeting online and got chatting to Pippa and Russ, that's our small group. Um, and they invited me along and probably got plugged in more this year. Uh, what I love about it is um, it's real, really honest and really real and we laugh together and we cry together and we talk about life, um, whether it's a really low low or really, really high high. Um, we're able to talk to each other about those things. Amazing. Essie. Same questions. How did you find Small Group and what do you love about it? Okay, so we joined Vineyard, I think, maybe March, April mm. this year. So we're really, really new. Um, and when we came, um, it was just lovely, just honest people, open, honest conversations. Because um, we were going to a church in London and then going to London got a bit too expensive, a bit too difficult. So we said, okay, we can keep doing church online, but our daughter can't. And I don't want to be the one that doesn't let her develop her faith by not being with people. So we went to four churches with, okay, Shekinah, our daughter, choose one. But when you choose that one, we're going all in. So she chose Vineyard because she said she doesn't know anybody else. Okay, you sure about that? Because we kind of do stand out here. She says, no. She's going. So we said, okay, we're going all in. So they were talking about small groups. And okay, so how do we find our one? And I think then we found our one again we're with Pip and Ross. And they're just lovely. They're just open, honest. They open their home to us. We sit there. I mean, I think I've let down my guard. I sit there. I curl up on the sofa like I'm at home. We just chat, laugh, like you said, cry, and just open up to deeper things mm. in our hearts and just have real, authentic, genuine conversations. And it's just simple and easy. You know, like when you go somewhere the first time, you're kind of like restricted. You're like being polite. And, but after a while, now we're just like, yeah, hey, let's just go all in, you know, just sit down and just talk. And it's just lovely. And the food that we get to eat there as well is also lovely as well. As well. <laughs> I like my food. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Please give it up for Catherine and Essie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And keep clapping and add a little bit of a cheer too, because I also want you to welcome up Anna and Andrew. Whoop, 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 yeah. I don't know who wants to go first, but okay. Tell us how you how you found Small Group and what what you love about it. Um, so we moved here from London about four years ago, um, and yeah, we kind of went around a few different churches to try and find um, one that felt right for us. Um, and then, yeah, pretty much straight away we joined um, Lydia and Matt's small group. Um, well, yeah, Sophie oh, and Johnny's yeah. small group, which Lydia and Matt attended as well. So it feels like the same small group that sort of transferred into another one. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it was just so nice to kind of, um, yeah, get to know everybody as a person and, kind of go deeper not just like the small talk and mm. um yeah have 
have open conversations about um, yeah the things that we talk about here about what's going on in life and yeah sort of um, yeah really develop friendships with everybody it was yeah just really good yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that we kind of get into board group is uh, like what the guys have already said. It just feels like you can really, I don't know, take the shackles off, um, talk about, there's something about coming back from a day at work, um, you know, um, whatever you do during your day, and just finding people that are empathetic to anything that you might have been struggling with. Mm. Um, and even if they don't have the answers, they'll still sit down with you, pray with you, chat with you. Um, no judgment. Um, and it's, it's quite shocking how relaxed you can become <laughs> with people that you'd never met before. Um, and all because there's that element of trust. Yeah, um, yeah uh, it's, it's hard to describe without being in it yourself. So... The only thing I can say is just go and try it for yourself, really. Amazing. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Give them a massive round of applause. Thank you, guys. I love it. So we've got six small groups currently, including our youth small group. Um, and we, as we grow as a church, we will plant more small groups. And we, for us, it's, we have more people in small groups than come on a Sunday. Um, some of our small group who are the most dedicated and committed. Um, they came through Alpha, and so coming to church on a Sunday is still quite a big deal, but yet they come every week on, um, online to our small group. So we would encourage you to get plugged in, to do life with one another, to share stories. I, Andrew and Anna didn't mention that um, they have cakes at their small group every week. You were going to mention that, weren't you? Oh, okay, sorry. They don't have cakes, or they do, but they're really stale and rubbish. So you don't want to go to that small group. <laughs> um, at the end of the service, our, some, our small group leaders, or if they're not here, representatives of small group, will be standing around at the back. If you are not in a small group in the life of church and would like to be, just it's a bit like speed dating for small groups. Go and like, chat to the small group leaders, see whether you like the feel of them. If not, move on to the next one. If you do, then find out where they meet and what's going on and get plugged in because we cannot, we cannot... Um, recommend it highly enough. Um, going back to the Strictly and Bake Off analogy that I had earlier, um, I did say that, you know, there's times when as the season progresses, people get voted off. Okay, no one's getting voted off. Um, but there will be times when we, when we cry and we don't have glittery um, tissue boxes like they do on Strictly. Um, but, you know, we want small groups to be a place where we're real, where we're honest, where the tears will flow, where we will celebrate and have joy together. Um, and, uh, but we are, also, we are also in a battle, the kingdom of darkness against the kingdom of light. And, you know, there are some people who are no longer part of this church because they have walked away from their faith in Jesus. And that makes us sad. And we don't want any of you to be in that number. We will weep and we will cry if you walk away from Jesus because he is worth everything and you are worth everything. He sacrificed everything for you. We want to be a community of people that are devoted to each other, that love one another, that do life together, that spur one another on to love and good works, it says in the Bible, to love God and to love each other. 
And it might be that you are here this morning and you don't know that love of the Father. You don't know how much Jesus loves you. It might be that you have never surrendered your life and your will to Jesus. You've never given him authority in your life with your money, your career, your sex life, your relationships. If you want to, if you want to surrender all to Jesus, then we would love to stand with you this morning. We would love to celebrate with you, to walk with you as we all walk in surrender with Jesus. None of us have this nailed. None of us are professionals. None of us um, have got it all right all of the time. But as we pray in a moment, if you want to say yes to Jesus and you never have before, then I'm going to ask you to just to um, come forward and we will pray with you. Not because I say this regularly, not because coming forward is, is magical or special, but just often by demonstrating with our body an internal decision, it has power. So we want to love, love everybody everywhere because we want them to know that they're loved by God and his family. And we want to love one another. Why don't we stand and I'll pray?